Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Um, yeah, look, starting this out with the North Korea situation, because a lot's happened over the past few days. Uh, in fact, this has been an eventful file for U.S. President Donald Trump since being inaugurated. And look, I mean, let's face it, it's a problem that's dogged successive presidents. Going back a long ways, really. Uh, so how do you deal with a country like North Korea? And the problem is that there are no easy answers. There are different approaches, uh, but all of them entail all kinds of different problems. So a lot's happened over the last couple of days, as mentioned. Uh, on the uh, heels of a 15 to 0 vote at the U.N. Security Council uh, regarding sanctions against North Korea, we get word yesterday that North Korea had successfully miniaturized nuclear warhead so that they would be able to place one atop an intercontinental ballistic missile, one perhaps capable of reaching uh, the continental U.S. or North America, for that matter. Uh, so in response to that news, uh, U.S. President Donald Trump had this to say yesterday. Best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. There's been some suggestion today, some reporting, uh, indicating that that was uh, kind of an ad-lib response from the president. Uh, because it did sound as though he was uh, threatening some kind of a nuclear response to any further threats from North Korea. But it was worrisome that after uh, the president said, let's not make any more threats, North Korea did just that. Uh, apparently threatening Guam, which is a U.S. territory in the Western Pacific. And today we get a tough-worded statement from the U.S. Defense Secretary, uh, James Mattis, basically reiterating to the North Koreans, that uh, if you start something, it will not end well for you, but calling for some uh, de-escalation. Problem with North Korea and getting good, reliable intelligence out of North Korea is that we don't often know what it is they're capable of. They're prone to bluster, of course. So could they reach the U.S.? Could Canada be in the crosshairs as well? Uh, well, joining us for, for some thoughts, very pleased to welcome the program here this afternoon, Nadine Shah Mistry, uh, who's a politics professor at the University of Cincinnati, also uh, author of Containing Missile Proliferation, a study of the missile technology control regime. Uh, professor Mistry, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Uh, so what do you make of uh, what's unfolded over the last two days here? Yeah, so the last few days are uh, basically escalating rhetoric. Uh, I would put this in the context of um, two broad developments that have actually occurred over the last few months. So on the one hand, North Korea is gradually advancing its nuclear and missile programs. 
On the other hand, you now have an international diplomatic strategy um, coordinated between the United States and its allies and now the UN Security Council of gradually increasing the pressure on North Korea. Um, and the uh, escalating rhetoric of the last two days is, is basically both sides signaling to each other that, you know, there are certain limits um, on all sides, basically. That's that's my starting point. Yeah. I mean, is it just talk? Is it just rhetoric? Or, or are we seeing a legitimate escalation here? So the, the rhetoric is aimed basically at um, a potential military crisis if it occurs. Both sides are putting down markers as to, you know, North Korea could expect... Um, strong retaliation if it takes military action. That's kind of the Trump administration markers that they're putting down. On the other side, North Korea is is responding. In a way, it's responded many times before. This is not new new rhetoric from it, that if it is attacked, it'll attack a number of U.S. targets, and they put Guam on the list. They've put Los Angeles on the list before. So, again, this is not new rhetoric. It's basically in the current context. Uh, it should be seen in the current context. Is it just about projecting strength? I mean, otherwise, it seems suicidal for for the North Korean regime uh, to want to to instigate a conflict with the U.S. Well, this is the heart of nuclear deterrence, and what we are seeing is nuclear deterrence being played out uh, on the airwaves, on 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 uh, in radio statements, uh, in statements by both sides. Uh, basically, nuclear deterrence is both technological and psychological. So, you know, both sides have strong military capabilities, and the psychological element, um, this is what they're doing. They're basically um, declaring that they're ready to, you know, use the ultimate weapon if it comes to that. So I see this as psychological and signaling, very strong signaling. Mm Mm-hmm. In terms of the actual capabilities, then, of the North Korean regime, um, I mean, do they have ICBMs, for example, that can reach the United States? Do do we know with certainty about their capability? So there is uncertainty about the intercontinental part of their missile program. There is much more certainty that they have missiles that could reach South Korea, Japan, and most likely Guam. Um, That's more or less been tested, you know, multiple times. And while there was uncertainty about putting a warhead on those missiles, we assume that they've actually got that capability. So there's there's not there's no uncertainty about the regional threat to Asia. Uh, there is uncertainty about the long-range missiles because the tests have not been entirely successful and the projected range of those tests are not exactly clear. So one would need a few more tests to be more certain about a threat to the United States. How difficult is it to to ascertain reliable intelligence about what it is the North Koreans are are capable of? It is difficult, and therefore testing is a a key indicator. Um, Testing, the the latest two tests in July of their long-range missile were basically... uh, test to a high altitude, and from that, analysts projected that if the missile flew on a flat trajectory, it could reach different parts of the United States, starting with Alaska and then projecting towards Denver and um, Chicago. 
again, those are estimates. They are uh, there is uncertainty about those estimates. Uh, well, as you say, then with within even within seven thousand kilometers, uh, as I understand it, they could probably reach Alaska and Hawaii. But to to reach right. even the West Coast to, to further into the United States uh, or Canada, that that's that's a, a much longer range. That is a much longer range, and that's where the uncertainty is. It does not, uh, you know, with a few more tests, let's say they make the engine slightly more powerful, they adjust the payload, they um, uh, change the airframe slightly, those tests, those configurations would give them a greater range. And, of course, the reentry vehicle is, a, is another key technology. So you do have two pieces of technology that still have to be tested, which is the re-entry part and the range part. Um, and that would take a few more tests for them to make sure they have a long-range missile capable of reaching deep into the United States. Right. And of course, this is, has been one of the arguments in, in favor of having a missile defense system. So um, is, is that capable of, of protecting the U.S. and North America from a North Korean missile? A missile defense is, in theory, capable. What you need for a missile defense against a nuclear attack is 100% certainty. And the missile defense tests to date of the long-range interceptor uh, have only reached about, six, they've got a 60% uh, success rate. So we, uh, we have much more missile defense testing to do if we need to be sure that we can uh, hit a North Korean ICBM. Well, in terms then of, of a response, I, I mean, I suppose one option would be to try for some preemptive strike. Uh, another would be to try to tighten the, the sanctions, put the squeeze on, on North Korea. I guess the other option is to just um, live with basically an escalated version of what we've been living with for decades. I mean, what, what do you see as the most realistic response to all of this? Uh, the the most realistic response is the is the one is the last one you mentioned, which is living with a nuclear North Korea, uh, ensuring that neither side gets into a military crisis, uh, which would always start with escalating rhetoric and low level actions, and could always escalate. So, um, military confidence building on the Korean Peninsula. Uh, to prevent a crisis would would be the first order of business. Uh, we assume North Korea will have nuclear weapons at least for a few years, if at all a dialogue takes takes place. So um, the short-term goal is to avoid any crisis that could lead to the use of a nuclear weapon. All right. Well, let's hope uh, we see some de-escalation in the days ahead. Uh, Dinshaw, thanks so much uh, for making some time for us. I appreciate this. Thank you. All right, that is uh, Dinshaw Mystery, uh, professor at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, has written a lot about uh, the issue of uh, proliferation and uh, various countries' capabilities uh, containing missile prolifer- uh, proliferation, study of the missile technology control regime. So at this point, he's not convinced that the U.S., or rather that North Korea has the, the capability to reach the continental U.S., that they may have a range of up to 8,000 kilometers on their missiles, but that probably wouldn't be enough. Uh, certainly, that would include uh, Alaska and Hawaii, though. Uh, but once they get to 10,000, 11,000 kilometers, right, they could hit Washington, they could hit New York, pretty much anywhere in the U.S. And, right, I mean, that puts us in, in the crosshairs, too, depending which way they're they're firing, if that's 
coming over the North Pole, as some have mentioned. Uh, so, yeah, that's a concern. So if they're not there yet, they could be uh, within a year. But would they? Right? I mean, someone else pointed on the text. I mean, when you look at the artillery and all the capability that uh, North Korea has built up, they have the capability right now to basically wipe out Seoul. And they haven't done so. So that's the point that, that uh, Professor Minstry is making here, is that South Korea has basically lived for decades with the prospect that the North could destroy them. Do we just continue to live with that? Because maybe it is all bluster. Maybe it is about uh, entrenching themselves, making it that much more difficult to bring about an end to this regime. Do we just basically accept that, look, the regime's not going anywhere. They're digging in their heels. Let's just hope they can be rational. Because the conflict's not going to end well. I mean, it seems highly unlikely. It would have to be a massive, overwhelming, massive strike. The idea that you could just preemptively just swoop in and take out, take it all out in one fell swoop. That seems unlikely. You'd probably get a lot of it, maybe most of it. But as others have pointed out, I mean, it's a very mountainous country. It's very easy to hide these weapons. Uh, the North Koreans certainly have them mobile in many cases. So you probably wouldn't get all of them. And then you've got all the troops in the DMZ. You've got their capabilities. And if they unload, I mean, we're talking about millions dead, potentially. So it's not a pretty scenario. Will sanctions work? Maybe. Certainly if we get the Chinese on board, that would go a long way. 403-974-8255 is our number. We are back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.